Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Cloud Wars Live, where we're going to go in-depth a little into SAP's industries and CX business. We're delighted to have with us today Geert Lehman, who is the Chief Revenue Officer for SAP Industries and SAP CX. Geert, welcome. It's great to see you. Hey, Bob. Very nice to meet you, and thank you for this opportunity. Sure, sure. Geert, I have to compliment you on your wardrobe selection. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing all I can, and I'm here in a historic place as well, Bob. I'm here sitting in the original brewery where Stella Artois was actually rolling in uh, 1633 from the band. So that's the sign here on my background. It's a sign of the old brewery, which is actually this historic place where I'm sitting. Well, Geert, that's fantastic. That gives, you know, the global view, an industry-specific view, uh, something that, you know, touches many consumers. So that's a that's great context. Geert, just um, to set the stage a little, tell us a little bit about, you know, your role in the CS, uh, SAP's industries and CX business. Yeah, so on my side, I think, um, Bob, what I wanted to do to give a little bit of the background. So first of all, I mean, what, what got me here is really... Um, I would say too, too many times in my in my life, I, I I really felt like a complete stranger when companies were trying to connect to me. It, it felt like whatever I, I gave them was never utilized in in and served in in a manner that I truly felt that I, you know, that that I thought they truly understood me. So I think yeah, the last decades I've been really making uh, CX and industries one of my priorities to almost become an advisor now as a CRO for industries and, and customer experience to help companies ultimately become a little bit more customer customer obsessed. So for me, um, yeah, it's all about driving top line growth. This is the part of the business that, that you know, we really want to make customers happy and our customers' customers happy uh, because we know a happy customer is returning uh, to the business. And so for, for us, that means that we, on our side, have been bringing industries and customer experience a little bit together for the simple reason, Bob, that um, the industry dimension when you drive top line is so specific based on the in the, in the industry context, whether you're talking utilities and uh, the connection points and the customer journeys that we have in one industry is so different than we see in other yeah. industries. That truly, I mean, that's why we have been bringing at SAP both of those elements a little bit closer together. Well, Geert, that's great. And uh, that need in every industry for businesses to write in the past, I guess the trend among businesses said, hey, we'll let customers engage with us on terms that we, the seller set. But today it's flipped completely and there's that very strong need as you described. So Geert, I thought it it's so interesting, right, about the role and the businesses that you lead there, because SAP has, you know, half a century of experience, deep industry expertise, right, across 25 different types mm -hmm. of industries. But today, probably one of the things that everybody wants to talk to you about is what are you doing with AI? What are you doing with Gen AI? How's wow. that going to help? So talk a little bit about the, the context of your business geared with everything else that's going on, but this this flashpoint of AI that's come on to the top of everybody's mind. Yeah, it, for me, there's three items when I'm speaking to boardrooms these days that are constantly top of mind. The first one is the classical one. CX is still front and center of every, of every decision. 
With the slight anomaly, um, Bob, what I'm seeing is that there's a significantly more emphasis on retention policies than there are on acquisition policies. Okay. The second, as you rightfully outlined, AI. AI is front and center of everything that we are currently seeing and the role of AI with respect to how the shoppers are being addressed, how the connections are being made and how the personalization is making it to the next level. But everything starts with data and AI needs to be fueled by data that is trusted and relevant um, in every moment of the connection. And I think I'm sitting here in, in, in this role where I truly believe for the first time ever, we're going to see systems supporting people rather than people fueling the systems, what we've been uh -huh. seeing over, over decades to there. And I think we're just at the beginning of the next revolution in the industry as we are starting to see the first impact in, in departments like customer service that have historically not always been super served well from a technology point of view, where finally, you know, customer service agents are getting served the right knowledge base article, are auto-generating, self-service is becoming a, a big role. And we, we, we do see up to 70% of productivity and efficiency gains for if you're currently working in a customer service department to do that. But we see that across basically a wide variety of, uh, of processes, whether it is in, in digital commerce, where basically the search and dicing will take an, an ultimate turn for the better, driving up average order volumes, because suddenly when you're looking and searching and browsing and you know um for, for products, you start to find them in a significantly better, better, better fashion based on the you know the mining of the data yeah. and uh, the customer, the customer like. So I think we are just at a very, very, very first um uh day of a revolution that we will see in customer experience where we can truly serve better experiences to our customers. Oh, Gerd, I have to say, I, I sure agree with you on the revolution term, right? And it may be in the tech industry, we've been too loose with this revolution term for things that are, you know, a nice advancement, but hardly a revolution. This one really feels like it. And the, those numbers that you said, the productivity boost, why did you say 30 yeah. or 40%? Yeah, in certain subcategories of customer experience, especially, I mean, the number one ask in most of customer service departments is, where is my delivery? If you, if you think it through, where is it? Can I delay it? Can I anticipate it? A lot of these things over time will be done through next generation of AI, where basically consumers will be able to serve that. There where there's a more in the B2B segment and real problems arousing quality issues where we start to connect then the data from, you know, the very rich heritage of SAP in our in the ERP space and trying to bring that data into what I call, you know, the solid backbone yeah. uh, into the customer experience world is going to serve a customer service um, agent in B2B significantly stronger. And there we have seen early indications that up to 70% efficiency gains in certain subcategories of customer service. So, I mean, it's not 30% improvement. It, it even goes up to 70% in uh, in very early yeah. categories. So I think we are really, truly at, at a, yeah, at a morning um, yeah. <laughs> where, um, where there's going to be a massive amount of the, the classical knowledge workers that will get served now finally with the right data. Um, at the time they need it. Garrett, it's a just tremendously exciting time. And I think, you know, some of the things you've just talked about um, 
all the great technology that SAP and other big companies have brought out, right? some of those will catch the attention somewhere here or there of a CEO or board of directors. But it seems like the types of things you're talking about now are things that CEOs and boards are taking on as this has to be a top priority for the whole company. So I thought it was interesting how in some ways SAP differentiates its CX by calling it intelligence CX. You're bringing the knowledge from your ERP systems and so much more to it. Could you talk about why you feel that SAP intelligence CX is different from what some others are doing? Yeah, and, and it builds a little bit on the very introduction, Bob. I think, I think the last two decades, we've seen so many failed CRM implementations yeah. um, in, in, in this space. And I think for you know last two decades, a lot of research and analysts have been coming up with numbers that at least between 20 to 50, even some analysts claim up to 70% even of CRM projects have failed to deliver truly upon the value of what it was. And for me, the main reason, if you really deep dive a little bit where we failed is, you know, first of all, it was very much concentrated around breaking the walls within single departments, you know, marketing, sales service. Then we had an area where we tried to bring the classical, what we call front office uh-huh. um, yeah. uh, departments that classically have served the customer, you know, a little bit closer together. But ultimately CX and CRM, it's an enterprise-wide paradigm. Honestly, if the quality of the product is not delivered, it fails. Yeah. If there's a dunning letter or an invoice from finance or a very frankly and aggressive call from one of your accounts payable clerks into the customer, it fails. If you have a delayed delivery, customer experience failed. And I think we've been really seeing there's um, more and more this element that companies became a stranger to their customers because these different departments were not really coordinating the efforts. So that's why SAP launched Intelligence CX to really bring all of the operational data and all of the customer experience data together in order to really optimize every single touch point, whether it is in finance, whether it is in operations, in supply chain, in delivery, in sales, in service, and in marketing, uh, uh, where we try to bring um, all of those pieces together. And we've built around four main pillars. First of all, connected. 90% of the world's economy is touching an SAP system. So we are sitting on this rich repository, as you outline, of operational data. I mean, ERP, you know, we've been all owning most of that one. Uh, and a lot of the data is also coming from the profitability, efficiency gains from that ERP. So trying to bring both of those worlds together under, the, you know, almost a one office. Yeah. Don't speak about front office. Don't speak about back office. It really, truly becomes a connected system or a one office approach. Uh, this is the backbone of any organization in order to truly drive customer experience. Second is really the industry tailored, as we outlined already. You know, don't build a generic solution that serves all industries. Build one for each of the industries because they're so unique and we sit there on 50 years of heritage. Mm-hmm. And the third one is have AI embedded in everything that you do across the entire customer journey, whether it is from pricing, from average order value, from recommendation, you know, search and dicing, you know, all the way down uh, and have it natively embedded in the products. And that's also what we are doing internally at SAP to start adopting AI across all of our different departments, even uh, on, on our side. And then yeah. the last one, 
The last element is really what makes up intelligence CX is the adaptive uh, side, composable, we would say. And there I'm balancing a little bit about some of the trends around the Mac Alliance and also some of the, you know, some of the things that work where we see challenges. And I think what I've been seeing and talking to a lot of the large customers we serve is really some of the sophistication, Bob, that is truly needed to implement in a completely decomposed reference architecture. And that brings a relatively high TCO. Um, you need a really a dedicated skill set of resources in an organization to build that one out. And the architecture you know, is relatively complex. Think about disaster recovery, business continuity, SLAs at every little level of, of the customer's journey. So our approach is really more composable rather than completely a decomposition of every little service into the customer journey. So our approach is really think big, start small, and then fuel your innovation through organic development as well as to partner-led innovation. Yeah. yeah. So these are the four elements that we see playing a fundamental role in, in, in intelligence CX. Uh, Geert, I loved all four of those points. And I think the first one that you described, the one office, uh, you know, this, this front office, back office, it just sort of drives me nuts hearing business leaders talk about that today. It's a vestige of the past and it just won't survive. It's it's not sustainable in today's sort of environment. So I, I was really happy um, to hear you say that because I think that gives your customers and everybody you're working with a sense of SAP's vision for how you've got to have this end-to-end -end thing. If you, you can't be intelligent unless you play the end-to-end -end game. And that's where we see a lot of those elements, um, you know, playing out. And I think it resonates very well to our customers. It also re re resonates relatively, you know, very well into the market uh, to bring both of those worlds together. And, and don't speak anymore about front and back office, but really about the backbone that drives business and customer experience. Yeah, Geert, could you give us a couple examples, maybe from uh, of you know how you know your your four uh, points of your strategy there are playing out, say in you know the CPG or the retail market? Yeah, very happy. So, CP retail, I mean number one and number two industry for SAP historically, also for CX, you know number one and number two. It's actually just the other way around uh, okay. for us. Retail is our largest industries, you know, second to CP. Uh, for SAP as a group, it's just the other way around. Um, so how, how does really play a role? And I'll give you a customer example um, to, to back it a little bit up. So let me speak a little bit about Mila. Uh, Mila is a classical B2B group. Uh, uh, we all know them, manufacturer of premium domestic appliances. I mean, across hotel chains, you know, nursing homes, labs, but also for us as, as, as consumers. And so Mila is really taking advantage uh, of... Um, bringing um, all of the different elements together under this roof. And that brings AI deep inside at every single connection, an omni-channel omni engagement across all of their channels that they have been building out, both the classical key account management world with their sales rep in combination now with the digital channels, as they're constantly looking to optimize their different routes to market and looking also at the cost to serve in their customer base. So, and to make it super concrete, Bob, Mila, Mila's average sales cycle, you know, we significantly went, brought it down now in B2B segments, and it's around 48 hours to 72 hours. 
Uh-huh. And that's what we could realize in B2B. So from very long weeks and weeks of negotiating, we could really bring it down into a very complex world. Uh-huh. It's just under two, you know, two days in order to get back to all of their customers at every single step of the of the, the touch points across their different channels. So yeah, uh, on the consumer side, more on the retail side of the front, I mean, we're serving, you know, uh, we're waiting on the final results now of uh, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah. But just to give you some of our historical data, we've been serving around about 32 billion just for the holiday season that was running through uh, through our platforms. And uh, the big trends, what we are currently seeing is there's definitely um, an uptake in average order value. And our predictions that as, as well are saying that consumers are shifting from basically on average nine purchases this this year to eight purchases. And instead of going to on average six websites, we are seeing in our predictions that they will uh, ultimately go to four sites and four stores to get their holiday purchases. So we're definitely seeing with the current pressure, bigger, you know, a little bit more savings, a little bit less uh, products, but higher value products. And instead of going to multiple stores, really concentrating around four uh, four to five stores maximum for all of the holiday purchases. So if with that trend geared, especially going to a smaller number, you better, the seller better get that right or else, you know, because they're, they're, they're not going to get automatically. So shopping, exactly. Well, they used to shop in, in, I mean, we've seen the number of basically stores where, where people get their holidays going down and down and down. And yeah, we're really going almost from 6.2 uh, to 4.3 is the average number of stores for for uh, holiday purchases that we uh, that we anticipate. So if you don't grab them in the moment, if you're not relevant, if you're not personalized, again, if you are, if you act awkward, consumers will be gone, yeah. and the purchase and the moment of purchase is uh, is gone as well. Uh, fascinating numbers, Geert. Um I wonder, could you also? Uh, I think two industries that SAP has been intimately involved with for a long time, close to customers as well, but slightly different scale. How about in utilities and and then also automotive? What what are some of the trends there? Yeah, for, for automotive, I mean, what you're starting to see is also the dealership. I mean, they're really into a, a revolution uh, on the way they serve. I think Tesla has made an, an incredible impact on the entire industry for automotive. We're seeing that now across all of the OEMs that are really shifting their models from a a classical dealer setup to really a direct-to-consumer model. And to give you an example, Bob, I mean, I've been saving my entire life for my first Porsche. So I I finally got my Boxster. And so talking about customer experiences and how to really, truly drive proactive customer service, you know, you've been saving for, for quite a long time. You finally get your first car ordered. And then at the moment of purchase, and you, you're you ultimately picking up your car, you know, you have this whole ceremony, they hand yeah. over your car, this is like, all is perfectly done, and you're so connected to the brand. So I, I picked up the car on a Saturday, and on Sunday, I already got um, a survey from Porsche into my inbox. And I said, uh-huh. you know, for that brand, I have such a strong 
connection, I'm going to answer the survey. <laughs> and so as I go through the survey, you know, how was the dealership? Did they explain this? Did they do? And I get at one point in time to a question in the survey that is that is outlining to me, how do you ultimately, did you get introduced to your mechanic for life? One of the wow. questions in the NPS survey, of course. And I said, no. I mean, what should I answer? Should I answer it? Yes, no. But ultimately, I said, I'm going to flag it. I said, no. I already had rated everything, you know, the highest score, five-star rating on every. And I said, yeah, but this they really did not do. They did <laughs> yeah. not introduce me to my mechanic for life. So <laughs> I had a great experience. I thought I had a great experience. Then they checked in with me. I said, ooh, I didn't have a great experience. So I flagged it on the Sunday and I, I just filled out, mm -mm, didn't yeah. happen. On Monday, on Monday, I got a call from the dealership <laughs> excusing themselves that I picked up the car on a Saturday afternoon, that in Europe, the car dealerships and the service departments are closed on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. And they really apologized. They invited me back into, into the dealership. <laughs> with a special <laughs> gift for me. I got a nice suitcase <laughs> that they handed out with the Porsche logo in order to apologize because they really failed to, to, de to deliver. And I think the automotive industry, product quality and customer experience are balanced out. The customer experience is at the same rating these days as, as the quality of yeah. a lot of the products. And yeah. that transformation, what we're currently starting to see there is putting so much pressure on a lot of those OEMs. So as they all go directly to, to more and more, they are opening these channels directly yeah. to consumer. And a car is more or less becoming a store on four wheels. It's more technology <laughs> than a car still. So all of the additional purchases, you know, that they're pushing through the car systems, I think it's a massive opportunity for uh, um, a lot of um, a lot of the OEMs to uh, to have that direct relation with the with the consumer. Yeah, and utilities, you know, we see similar transformation happening in utilities. We've been working a lot with Duke Energy over the last couple of. Uh, to take an American example, yeah. so it's one of our largest customers. They're serving more than seven million American households. We're really in the light, you know, especially also with a lot of the economic instability, giving them real time insight in energy consumption, making them more cautious, having a direct a direct relation um with the consumers in order to you know check their invoices potentially buy some green energy shift their their consumption if there's anomaly in energy consumptions they get alerts they get subscribed if there's anomalies so really trying to be again not awkward uh, yeah. in the communication with the customers but lifting it to that next level of intimacy and uh, available 24 7. So I think ultimately it's about viewing, tracking their energy consumption, planning their bills, playing their, you know, paying their bills, receiving alerts if there's any notifications that are pushed uh, from anywhere and anytime from utilities companies in that one. So very happy as well to see what's currently happening in in uh, yeah. in that. Kieran, you know, you've you've used that great term a couple of times about awkward moments or appearing awkward. And I believe it wasn't that long ago, some utilities companies, because they were so inwardly focused on their own operations, they referred to customers sometimes as leakage points, right? Because, you know, this, and 
I don't think they didn't mean anything by that, but by not understanding from the other, the consumer's point of view, it's like, whoa, hey, I'm a leakage point now, I'm a customer. No, and, and, and I think the mistake that many companies did, Bob, is don't try, you know, don't try to think about a customer, you know, uh, because I think we all try to, but really act like a customer. Uh-huh. And and I think that's a mindset thing that there's a lot of boardrooms, they talk about the customer, they, yeah, but they never take the seat of the customer. I would highly recommend any customer experience leader on the planet to really once try to pick up the phone and try to get something arranged. Yeah. I mean, it should be the life lesson for all of them, whether you're in utilities or in automotive or retail or CPG. I think many executives have failed to really go through the customer journey themselves. And when, when you see that happening, all of those leakage points to your yeah. to your comment, Bob, it's just the way they sometimes, you know, talk about their customers um, rather than to think like a customer. And I think that's something that, that yeah, we're, we can still learn a lot as CX professionals in this space. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it reflects too, you know, from your approach here that again, that intelligence CX part of it is it, it's it's not just technology, but it touches on the mindset you have to have to gain the full benefit of the technology geared. I, I think those are great points. And you know, I, I think one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was I think, you know, uh Christian Klein's been a big advocate of this and others, but some of the things that SAP is doing right, where you don't want to just give industry expertise to particular companies, but in some ways tying together industries across automotive and others and vast supply chains. So it's like the the empowerment of the customer and the deep awareness of the customer's customer, right? In this very complex world that we're uh, in right now, and I think it's only going to get more complex. You know, you talked about these automotive uh, companies, not the primary car companies, but other automotive companies now, you know, reaching out to consumers. So how's SAP helping businesses uh, better handle this notion of serving your customer's customer? Yeah, first of all, connecting all of the data points. I think we're in the business of of of, um, of data. Data is the fuel, making sure the data is protected, is relevant, and um, at every moment. So that's the first one, really, as we sit on so much of the operational data, making sure that gets accessible for all of our customers in order to optimize that. So that's really the first element is the enterprise data as the backbone of any CX strategy. It just needs to sit there. Two is the composability, uh, the hybrid approach, and why this is better in order to really complement on this backbone and then leverage in certain, it's the core and the edge story ultimately, you know, building a solid core that serves a multitude of business processes and then having differentiation in some of the edge applications. And then the last one is really AI infueled at every step of the connection, yeah. whether it is in hyper-personalization, omni-channel engagement, or as Customer service, as we discussed earlier, Bob. And I think to frame it, we have one customer, Goodyear, they combine it all uh, uh, in order to be kind of the crown jewels of, of what it ultimately means to connect the data, you know, driving this composable strategy and infusing AI at every touch point. Well, Geert, thanks. And across this conversation today, you've brought up a lot of fascinating points. Uh, I think 
you know, the issues about mindset, how you have to look at it, that technology takes you to a certain point, but the company has to adopt different sorts of behaviors. And we can't just say that, oh, the customer's always right. You got to actually put the customer at the center of the universe and that everything is built around that. So, Geert, as, as we wrap up here, could you offer a few points on, you know, what you feel are essentials for business leaders in this very complex world we're in today that's changing so rapidly? What do they have to be able to do to be able to dazzle customers and really lock in that loyalty for, for life? I think for me, tip number one, Bob, is, is drive personalization. I think we touched upon it. It's really switching between brands is so easy. If you miss it at the moment of conversion, they're in the next store and, and, and the purchase is gone. So I think one, you know, as we said, Consumers these days have the luxury to switch very easy. I mean, one bad customer experience, there's research that says one third of them are already on the way out of your store and looking for the next one. So that has a mega impact for many of, of, of our customers. I think tip two is really embrace AI. I mean, you outlined it. We are really at a starting point rather than to fight against it. I think those who will be the winners will be the ones that infuse customer experience with a lot of AI. You know, it goes a little bit hand in hand. You know, start, do some trials, left, right, and other. We've seen, as I outlined, massive impact in conversion rates, average order value, but also customer service department. For sales, it's really trusting the system and the recommendation, the cross-sells that AI can drive in order to ultimately drive that business impact and empowerment in the decision-making. And as I said, you know, the times of input input heavy and output poor are all gone. Now it's finally the time that the insight gets served to the people in the CX community um, for the first time. And I'm truly convinced of that one. And the last one I would say, you know, invest in intelligence CNs. Invest in that backbone to connect all of the departments and try to get rid of the front office, back office, because I think that is where we failed too much in the past with respect to the overall uh, setup of of great customer experiences yeah yeah well good thanks so much this has been uh eye-opening very interesting conversation and you know for all the great perspectives you brought also that you're in there uh the, the brewery that's been putting out great yeah. beer for what 500 years now there you go so i'm gonna get a stella now Bob, I don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Very good. I'll join you virtually on that, Geert. It sounds like a great idea. Thanks so much, Geert, for being with us. Thank you so much, Bob. Nice meeting you. Folks, and thanks to all of you for being with us here on this special edition of Cloud Wars Live, where we have taken an inside look at SAP Industries and CX with Chief Revenue Officer Geert Lehman. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. <music>